Nightmare. Hello and welcome to Cinema Subculture, the channel where we discuss everything strange, obscure and downright messed up in the world of movies. My name's Gary. And I'm Simon. And apparently we're a channel now, not a podcast. Woo, Gary. We are now a channel. We're YouTubers. I've always said you were a tube. So Gary, what are we going to be discussing today? So, The Burning from 1981, directed by Tony Malum. Yes, yes. You got a wee synopsis for us. A summer camp caretaker known as Cropsy gets badly burned in a teen prank and he returns to seek revenge on teenagers. <laughs> Different teenagers than who burned them, right enough. Uh, sure, yeah. Which is quite weird. Sure. And it's a different camp as well. Um, is it, but is it yeah, a different that's, camp? That's it. Aye. Oh, didn't it's, it? Uh, it goes to the one up the road. Is it? Rather than oh, the original one. Wow, I, 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 I missed that. That's an, Oh, okay. I thought it was the same camp. There's been an assumption there on that. So, Simon. Yes. I think it's fair to say that you are a bigger slasher film aficionado than me. I'd say so, yeah. I'd, yeah. So, would you say The Burning is a slasher classic, or is it merely a pale derivative of its superior forebears, Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween? You know, it's it's tough. It's a tough uh, question to answer. I'd, I'd say it's kind of it's kind of split down the middle. Um, as far as like the characters go, you know, the teenagers from from the actual film. Um, what the effects and things like that are a top notch. I'd say the characters are probably some of the most developed I've seen in a slasher film of that period. You know, Friday Thirteenth, Halloween, even Night, well, even Nightmare on Elm Street. I'd say, I'd say that probably comes the closest. Um, but the, but the teenagers are quite likable and they've all got quite distinct personalities. I mean, the cast's pretty spectacular. Um, when you know when you see the people that are actually in the film and, and what they went on to do later. Um, but for me, the the killer the Cropsy isn't a very memorable one. Um, if I don't know, I can't I can't quite put my finger up. I was thinking about this because it's kind of it goes on to the conversation of why didn't this do? You know, why didn't this become a series? Why didn't we get sequels? You know, and obviously the ending of it feels kind of um, you know fina- uh, final. Um, but you know we've had plenty of final, <laughs> final chapters in the the slasher genre, um, but this didn't seem to go anywhere and pick up. And I was trying to think why that might be. So I think it could be to do with the the killer. You know, you look at Friday the Thirteenth, and even though it's more of a kind of who done it rather than you know like we, you know following a killer, um, when you find out who the killer is at the end of that film, it's quite an interesting um, and I suppose at the time quite, would have been more shocking than it is now um revelation and, and it's quite interesting there's a bit of backstory there and there's a bit of kind of you know emotion to that there whereas cropsy straight from you know the opening is kind of described and you know whether you take these teens word for it or not as a bit of an asshole <laughs> you know he's, he's he's kind of a a jerk and um you don't really get anything with him and even once you know he, he, he he's in hospital and he comes back out you know it's it's I don't feel we get much of who he is to be a memorable killer. And I think that's the the that's the the magic sauce that all the other slashers have is like, you know, maybe not Freddy 13th, but like once they introduced Jason, certainly he was the one that continued film to film. Fred, uh, Freddy Krueger was this, you know, the star of that series. Michael Myers is still going, you know, 
But um, for this film, it's flipped and the teenagers are the main characters and the ones that are interesting um, and kind of the ones you want to see more of rather than the actual killer. But I mean, that's, it's not really a comment on how well the film's made because I, I do think it is, you know, up there and as good as, as well made as Friday the 13th or, or those other slashes all the time, especially some of the other, you know, um, imitators. So it's, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, what would, you, what would you say? I mean, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'd probably say it's sort of a second tier mm-hmm. slasher. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, not up there with the best, but there's a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's definitely well, very well made compared to a lot of them, the cheaper ones. Um, but I think it's it's a good film, but it's it, it had potential to be so much better. It's got a lot of great elements that um, it just seems overall it's been a missed opportunity. It seems like they had a script, but they've not nuanced it enough. They've got a lot of things up in the air. I think the script's quite muddled. Um, so I think like the plot and the characterisation need work. Uh, I think the Cropsey thing is interesting, as you said, because I think that's a potentially really good villain. Um, but um, he's not developed enough, uh, if you ask me. Um, I think there's sort of pacing issues in the middle um, the teenagers are kind of all right. They're not really particularly likable, but there's a lot. There's a lot of time spent. I think like with the teen banter, uh, um, which is okay. But I do feel it's a bit over egged. It's a bit overwritten, and I don't necessarily think it really develops the characters much to make them particularly engaging. Uh, I mean the banter's quite good it's quite fun but uh, I think that's one of the problems with Jason Alexander's performance uh, who we know from Seinfeld of course Um, his performance is really good but he does well with a bit of a uh, not a great not, not great lines in my opinion I feel like the jokes are a bit forced. It's not quite natural enough to to make him like a really engaging character. Um, yeah, we definitely needed more cropsy, um, and I think there is so many subplots in the film that in the so many characters we don't get enough time with one kind of storyline. Um, I would have liked it if we had more development of cropsy. Um, to, uh, you know, we're told that Cropsy is a bad guy at the start, but we don't have any evidence of that. So it, then it just becomes like a guy seeking revenge without much nuance. Um, we don't really know, you know, how to feel about that. Are we meant to be sympathetic to him? Are we meant to be scared of him? Um, a bit of both. Uh, so I feel that could have done me some work. Yeah, it sort of falls between the two stools of uh, it's not quite bad enough to be so bad it's good, laugh along, enjoy it, but it's not quite great. So it's a funny one because it's like very, very high production values, um, high quality acting, cinematography is beautiful, uh, the score is great, 
Uh, Tom Savini's effects are probably the best thing in the movie. The the kill scenes are fantastic. Um, but it's just a one, yeah, if they'd maybe just, um, you know, nuanced the script a bit more, fleshed out the characterisation, cut a few bits and pieces, it could have been maybe a, a great slasher. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that with the, the teenagers. I'm, I, I hadn't seen this film, like, you know, as you say, I'm quite a big slasher film. I'd, I'd say that's kind of... I'm always looking for a new kind of 80s um, slasher type film that, I've, that I haven't seen. Um, and I heard of, about this one for a while. Um, when I eventually saw it last year, I was I was quite surprised at how, how much characterization the teenagers got for one of these type of films. I mean, again, comparing it to Friday the 13th, I think it is that the teenagers, they, they feel more realized than in, in, in that, those films. I think any of those films, to be honest with you, um, it was the Friday the 13th ones. So I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that you didn't think that the teens were particularly likable. Some of them, you know, but I, th- I think there was um, there was definitely a kind of the, the core group with uh, Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens, and, and the, the kind of other, the two other guys. Um, I thought those were quite, I thought they were quite likable. And um, as I say, I thought that was a kind of standout compared to something like Friday the 13th, where, as I say, it is more about who's doing the killings, which, I say, as I say, I think works against this film, the fact that it isn't focused more on who, you know, who done it or um, on their killer. Um, but, yeah, I did. I, th- I thought the, the characterization was a little right. better in, these, in maybe, this. Maybe likeable is the wrong word uh, to use. Mm-hmm. They are likeable, I guess, but they don't necessarily feel, feel like characters I really care about. But if you compare it to Friday no. the 13th, uh, mm-hmm. The dialogue in that is so great. Uh, I think that um, just elevates that film uh, a okay. notch above the average. Uh, whereas this feels like, oh, the thought we need that kind of, you know, a saucy script with some like sexy, like Roger yeah, banter yeah, yeah. between teenagers. Yeah. Uh, and it, it fell a wee bit short in in my estimation. Okay. I'd still agree that Friday the 13th is a superior film, but um, but yeah, as I said, I just I was surprised to see how much characterization, what characterization there was in this. Um, just haven't seen so many of you know of other things, uh, other um, <laughs> slashes of this period. Talking about the writing and things like that, and I, I don't know if you want to talk about. So, like when I first you know saw this film, I didn't know anything about the film. I didn't know Jason Alexander was in it, or, or Fisher Stevens, or uh, Holly Hunter's actually in this as well. Um, but I really didn't know that this was the first Miramax film um, and that it was essentially written partially by um, Har- Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Um, I was reading a bit about, you know, the controversy around around Harvey and, uh, and stuff like that. And apparently it dates back to this film as well. You know, it's, it's been going on right from uh, the, first <laughs> the first production, which is crazy. But um, but yeah, that kind of took me back a little bit. I was like, oh, you know, I was, I didn't I didn't know no I didn't see that talked about much. You know, it feels like with the kind of culture now that that would have been a bigger thing when people are mentioning this film. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy around Jeepers Creepers, for example. Like you know, the director of that, and anything that gets mentioned, it's kind of brought back to him, whether you like you know those films or not. So I was surprised that I hadn't heard that the Weinstein's were involved in this. Just I hadn't really paid, I hadn't looked too much into it because I hadn't seen it yet. Um, worth mentioning. Mm. Yeah, I think um, it, it's you see the film in a slightly different yeah. light after the Weis, Weis, uh, Weinstein re- revelations. 
um, I think, because even compared to the normal levels of nudity you get in slashers, this seems to be a bit more pervasive, mm. the teen nudity. It seems the camera lingers a bit more than normal. Uh, uh, it's a bit more seedy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, mm. And even even that um, the the first kill that feels very like it, it doesn't feel like the rest of the film. Even the way that the get up that crops he's in, he's in the kind of fedora and the black jacket. You know, like kind of it's almost like a, a giallo film or something. You know, it's almost something else. Yeah. Um, doesn't feel like this film at all, and it feels like that's like a kind of just put in there for you know body count or just to be a bit seedy. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what's the real the, the real point of that scene. It's an opportunity to give Cropsey some backstory, but it's it, it's a terrible scene in my opinion, yeah. narratively. Because like we we don't why does he kill the prostitute? There's real really no reason. It's just because it, like, it, you know because he's just a a bad man. <laughs> well, he's an asshole. The, the teenager just tells us at the beginning, um, but it, you know he's in this hospital for five years recovering from this these terrible burns, right? And we see what he looks like at the end, which is a literal monster, right? Um, like, I, I don't know if it's accurate to burn victims at all. I don't think it is. But but the point being, that they, they seem to be like, so there's nothing more we can do for you, Mr. Cropsey. Off you pop. You know, they wheel him to the door of the wheelchair and then he, they're like, off you go now. <laughs> Just like, um, and he's like, I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> and then, you know, um, and he just goes out and kills that prostitute. I, I, yeah, it, it is, it's very strange. But I, I think that that whole him going, I, you almost didn't need that going to the hospital stuff. You, you could cut out everything from the like, one week later in the hospital unit, you know, with the burnt arm, even though that's a, it's a cool effect in the arm and stuff. You could have cut all that out and just have him come back. I think that would have added a little bit more mystery to, you know, is it Cropsy or what is it or who is it? You know that type of thing. Yeah, if we'd developed his motive a wee bit, if we'd been given yeah. more time with him, yeah. and you know, developing a sense of, uh, right, he's gonna he's gonna return mm -hmm. and he's gonna take revenge, um, rather yeah. than just like being with the the teenagers and then you've just got a random threat popping up yeah. from the woods. So you're sort of more. Character-wise, are more with the teens, whereas it might be more interesting to uh, follow the revenge narrative and be more sympathetic to crops. And you see, you see, revenge narrative. I mean, unless I'm missing something, it's really not kind of revealed um, that the the main kind of counselor Todd was one of the teens at the beginning until like almost the the end. So you know that then again, you're kind of not invested because you're like, why is he going after these people? Is it just is it is it just the same reason he killed this prostitute? You know, how does he even know that that's Todd? <laughs> you know, um, it's like you know they could have done like you know a week before he gets out of hospital, that guy comes to see him and like, tries to apologize, something like that. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, uh, another um, you know evidence that. There wasn't a lot of thought went into the preparation, mm -hmm. um, because that's a thing that could have made the film really great. The sort of morality of it, mm -hmm. in the sense of, um, you know, guilt about that. Um, yeah. But then, in the end, he kills Cropsey. Well. Yeah. Eventually, Alfred is the one that burns him, but he effectively kills him. I think an axe what? in the head will probably kill you. 
there's no real sense of well, Cropsey was a bad guy, but Cropsey was the victim mm-hmm. of Burning. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you compare it to like Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger is a child killer mm-hmm. murdered by the parents of the current teenage victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool because that's yeah. like you've got layers there. So Krueger's coming back to seek revenge on the children of uh, the people who committed a crime against him. Um, so the teenagers are innocent. Um, whereas in this case, like Todd's kind of mixed in there. So he's actually guilty. Yeah. yeah. A guilty party. Uh, and it's not, it's what also makes this slasher unusual is you've not got a final girl. Yes. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, that's the, the sort of virgin character, the innocent one who takes out the, the monster. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, this is a final guy who is um, also guilty of creating the monster in the first place. Yeah. So everything's yeah. a bit kind of yeah. all over the place there. Uh, but I don't know, they could have done more with the Alfred character, made made him the final. Well, something I was thinking about when you were saying about the morality of it all, I mean, you, you know, let's... I mean, we're not here to fix the film, but let's... let's <laughs> you tweak Todd a little bit into someone who is guilt-ridden, you know, does see Alfred maybe... You know, even this girl showers like or playing pranks on people, whatever, and you know takes that really seriously and chides him and tries to take him under his wing. You know, about you know pranks, you know can get people killed. All that you know, this kind of deeper morality and stuff like that, which could have let, had a nice little arc for the Alfred character if, if he was going to be your final guy. You know, um, the second thing about that is I was listening to the commentary on this, and the director was talking about um, so you know the the girl that goes into the guy um, the into the water like strips off and stuff right um right. comments that she wasn't a particularly good actress right now pre- like traditionally i think that character would have been our final girl almost you know she refuses to have sex she gets back out she leaves right um and i, I you know just when you're saying that i'm wondering is is there a link between the fact that she wasn't that maybe wasn't that great a performer and let's okay she's getting killed off we have to you know again change lanes because they didn't really know where they were going in the first place, you know. Um I wonder if there's any if there was any anything to that. But I guess these rules hadn't really been kind of set up yet at this point. I mean, this was the same year. This was a year after Friday thirteenth came out. Um Halloween two was uh, eighty one. So it, it really hadn't got into the kind of this deep fervor, I don't think, of the of the slashers. Or at least it's claimed by the Weinsteins that this was written before. Friday thirteenth even so, um, so all of those things and then them pivoting to try and like make it more commercial in some ways you know, um, it does feel like a bit of a scramble. I was going to make that point because it is easy to say oh a year after Friday the thirteenth it feels so similar mm-hmm. that it's just a a, a complete rip off, um, but uh, you're right to say that this the the idea for the script was. Uh, written before Friday came out um, but it does seem that they made sort of they developed a script with the conventions in mind because yeah. it's, it's funny that uh, you're right it is quite early in the genre but it's got all the the conventions there mm-hmm. yeah. uh, pretty much it feels like it was, it was the, the main motivation for the film was a money making cash in to some degree it wasn't um, you know, let's make a great film. Let's take our time. 
Uh, I think that's obvious in the fact that one of the things that strike, stands out to me about the film is there's not a sense of auteurism in any fashion, you know. There's none you can, it feels quite, it's well made, but it's conventional, it's functional. Uh, you wouldn't say there's director's flair there, there's screenplay was uh, notable, uh, cinematography was notable, you know. None of that really stands out, particularly uh, established in any way, so yeah. But I wanted to come back to what you were saying about, you know, a kind of cash grab or, or you know, they're making it to make money. Um, and I, 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 I totally believe that's true. I, I have no no doubt about that at all. Um, I think you're right. Um, but it is fair to say that I think um, even Sean Cunningham from Friday the 13th would admit that was that was the reason behind Friday the 13th was it was, you know, it was a quick moneymaker, you know. But it's just, it's funny to see how, you know, two different, you know, directors and writers can, you know, essentially come up with a very similar premise for the same reasons. Um, and, you know, we're 12 Friday 13 films in now. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> like just, to, yeah just to come back to nuance that point a wee bit, yeah, I, I think it was through they were trying to cash in on the slasher boom, mm. but at the same time, it doesn't feel cynical, mm. the film. It, it feels, there's a bit of heart. You mean Friday the 13th? No, um, the burning. Oh, okay, right, okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes think, oh, they're just in for a quick buck. Mm-hmm. It's a really shoddy piece of work, uh, way, and you can feel that coming off the screen. Yeah. Whereas this does feel like there's a bit of heart to it, even though, as we were saying, it seems to have made been made a bit yeah roughshod. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 good vibes to. Um, I think a lot of that does come from the, the cast, who I think are quite strong even if the, the story isn't particularly um, anything special. I think, all, I mean, all the characters, more or less all the characters have, like, kind of memorable sequences or, you know, conversations or... Um, but I'd say other than the camp counsellors, I'm not... I wasn't that... Even Todd, like, I was kind of... He was kind of... A, what do you say? Like, just kind of bland, you know? Uh, but again, it's hard to, like, when, you're, when you've got, like... Jason Alexander, you know, and the likes in the cast, it's probably is hard to kind of stand up against, um, you know, those kind of characters and stuff. But yeah, I think that was one of the problems. They should have picked a narrative focus. Mm-hmm. You've got the Todd angle, which could have been good. You've got the Alfred character, which he could have been the the final boy, mm-hmm. uh, because he's essentially an, well, he's potentially an innocent. I think they fuck him up by making him so unlikable, making him like a peeping tom. Yes. Uh, but he's sort of like the Cassandra, for want of a better word, um, the sort of predictor of the future. Yeah. He's like the guy who who knows his danger yeah. coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like the kind of the audience's, um, you know, the chorus telling the audience what's happening. But um, uh, we could have, we could have made him more likable and made him the sort of conduit through the violence uh, to the kind of redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, by purging the evil monster, yeah. uh, but they, they make him such a, a like a whiny kind of uh, yeah pervert. Yeah, like when they, when they, when they, they ruin him when he gets caught coming him, out of the right? showers after like yeah. creeping on that girl, it's like he doesn't even seem remorseful. He's almost like um, upset that they like. Uh, like it's hard to see. It feels like he's, he's playing the victim almost. Like he's like, why did you stop me? <laughs> like, or you know, it, it just it feels like so moaning. It's like he's not. There's no remorse. Um, or kind of like, you know, like 
you know, he doesn't seem to understand what he's done. I think you're right. I think there's uh, something to be said about that. And even with, with the kind of uh, uh, Glazer, the, the, the bully type character, he's actually probably a little bit more likable in, in the rest of the film um, than, than, than Alfred can be, you know. Um, so, yeah, it is a weird one. What, is he meant to be one of the... the... Yeah. The councillors no, or one of the he's meant to be teenagers. one of the teenagers, but he's actually older. Right, okay. anyone, he's, I think he's the oldest cast member, other than Crawford. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I think he's, he's older than the, all the councillors and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> obviously the big set piece of this film, really, and and the reason it was put onto the the video analysis list, I would say, is the the raft scene, which is a is like kind of the most kills <laughs> um, in one place, probably in most of these slasher films. I think five five victims, uh, all in one scene. Essentially, I don't think I don't think that's. I can't think of another one, another film that has quite that. Hmm. I'd have to think further, but but yeah, it's 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 quite spectacular, and, and as you see, Tom Savini's uh, special effects, uh, a lot of quick cuts, uh, a lot of kind of clever um, placement of people and things like that. The, the fingers getting chopped off, and um, you know, I think it's. Uh, I, I thought that was quite enjoyable, and, and probably one of the better kill sequences in these early slashers, you know. Um, definitely worthy of his, his kind of work in, in, in Friday the 13th, um, I'd say. I think that scene's quite cool. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, the, the fact he's just hanging in the canoe, and waiting for them build coming. Build up to it as well. That uh, is. So I heard the editor was like, the, the, uh, the editor was actually um, the guy that directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Part two, but um, Horry. but the way he was he was told to draw it out, he edited it a certain way, and it was quite it was normal pace for how he saw how it had been shot, um, and the Weinstein's and then and then the director had said like you have to you have to slow it down and take longer, and it's just so, like, it just became this kind of joke of a, a build up to it. But yeah, you're right. Like he's, I mean, it's not a very big canoe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and how he stands up so quickly. I mean, have you ever tried to stand yeah, up in yeah. a canoe? <laughs> I do love the shot though, the the famous shot of the silhouette mm. of Cropsey uh, with the shields yeah. silhouetted against the sky. That's a good shot. Apparently, the director played Cropsey in most of those scenes. Mm. Um, he didn't yeah. want to do the get the glint off the blades. As I understand it, this was one of the first um, films to be put on the nasties list. Um, I'm not sure the timeline. Right. The funny thing about this in relation to the nasties is that it's definitely one of the better films that turned up on the Nasties list and it's uh, one of the most well made and it was distributed by a kind of more reputable company sure. uh, it was released on VHS by Thorn EMI right oh okay. uh, and strangely uh, the film was passed by the BBFC with cuts but then it was mistakenly released uncut on VHS which then led to it being prosecuted and being one of the, the final obscene uh, movies um, despite the fact that it'd essentially been released <laughs> right. uh, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy yeah so I think the takeaways from this film it's a solid slasher very well made um, functional lack, maybe a lack of style but um, enjoyable and worth a watch. Yeah, totally. if you've not seen it. If you've not seen it, yeah. And if you like the kind of despite we've just spoiled all for you, but yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> we start putting spoiler alerts at the beginning of these. Probably should. I think we said back in the day that that was kind of um, 
we were going to spoil it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I I totally agree. Um, I think it's definitely worth a watch. It, I can't believe it took me so long to to see it. As I say, that these are exactly the type of films that I kind of really enjoy and seek out. Um, I've done, you know, I've I've checked out plenty over the years. I've been, you know, just go nowhere and aren't very um, fun to watch or, or well made. Um, so this was really a, a retreat to kind of come across one that I hadn't seen before. So please subscribe to the channel, uh, like the video and leave a comment. Don't forget to smash that notification button so you can be notified of when we have new episodes coming out, hopefully weekly. You've been listening to Cinema Subculture. I've been Gary. And I've been Simon. It was a nightmare. You dropped it a bit. Yeah, you dropped it a bit just before that as well. Sorry. Oh, okay. I just kept going with it. Can I can roll with these things, me? Um, so yeah, I, the, the the shears. I was thinking, is it maybe because he's like he's meant to be like a janitor or like a groundskeeper? You know, he's like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. He's be, you know, he's. I wish we had seen some stuff of him like being a like crabbit groundsman. You know, get off my grass, you daft cunt. Uh, that type of thing.